Hello and welcome to the 60th episode of the NL Feast podcast, your favorite podcast about your favorite division in baseball. My name is Sam Clark and with me as always, the birthday to my boy, Brandon Gross. You're the birthday boy. Do you want to tell people how old you're turning tomorrow? Or actually, no, not tomorrow. If you're listening the day this was uh, this was pooped out, then this is the day of Sam's birthday. It's the day of my birthday. Yeah, we poop out the podcast every fr- yes. uh, Friday, famously. Yeah. Um, I, I am turning the big 3-0, Brandon. This is one of the three monumental o. legacy birthdays. Wow. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm turning that as well the end of the year, but you got a good six months on me. So tell me, what how are you feeling? What is a... Uh... What's the it's aging a, process like? Yeah, it's a it's a little it's a little mixed. There's an aspect of me I think, and we we like loosely talked about this before we started recording. But there's a part of me that's very excited. I'm happy with where I am in life. I, I feel like I've I've had a great 30 years so far. Here's to a, at least 30 more, <laughs> preferably more than that, but at least yeah. 30 more. Um, and there's also a part of me, and I was telling you this uh, right before we got on, but I work with a bunch of like recent college grads, like 20. Yeah like youngest being like 23 oldest being like 26. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they found out it was my birthday tomorrow and they were all, they were like, Oh great. How old are you turning? I was like, Oh, I'm, this is my 30th. And one of them in particular was like, you're what? <laughs> Just <laughs> truly shocked that somebody could be that age. And she was like, you don't look a day over 25. And I said, okay, thanks. I guess I <laughs> it felt like a compliment, but you know, it was one of those things where you're not entirely sure. Wow. Uh, are you gonna are you gonna make this your personality now? Are you gonna make this like uh like your whole thing to be like, I'm thirty now. I can't do that anymore. Is that <laughs> yeah. gonna be your thing? My now? back hurts at the grocery store. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna start pulling out all the classics. I uh I was thinking, Brandon, that we write a prequel to This Is Forty called This Is Thirty and we get Paul Rudd to to de age like in the Irishman. What do you think? Oh of that? <laughs> but Paul Paul Rudd de aging is just you. It's your face. Is that that's it? true. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I've, uh, he looks like a happy dinosaur as well, right, Brandon? A little callback. No shark wrong (laughs) oh god damn it okay all right a happy shark your memory's already going you're 30 (laughs) and your memory's going we knew this was coming when i announced that i lived next to a mcdonald's four episodes in a row and thought that they were all a new fact i was presenting to our podcast audience and you know it's been a long time coming you can't eat mcdonald's anymore you're 30 It's going to go straight to my thighs, Brandon. We can't do that. I uh, I did, in honor of my 30th birthday, crack my first beer on the pod for the first time since uh, oh, since our, our power hour. Very so a little, uh, a little lager to kind of to let the 30 uh, flow out of me, what the flow into me. I don't know what the proper terminology Let's, for that yeah. is. <laughs> what's, the, what's that beer that you're drinking? This is a Narragansett. Narragansett, let the thirty flow into you. <laughs> are you from? Are you? I know you're not a huge beer no. guy, but are you a? Do you, are you familiar with Narragansett? No, I don't know that. What is it? It's like a northeastern cheap beer. Um, oh, okay. It was the best. It's a PBR I, sort of deal. Yes, yeah, a little PBR style kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's like the cheapest on draft beer or canned beer that you can normally get in New York City. I um, so I bought that, telling you how good it is going into my thirtieth year. I'll take your cheapest beer to celebrate my birthday, please. <laughs> um, You're like, I did not make enough money in my twenties for <laughs> Stella Artois. That's another thing. I was like feeling it out because I do uh, work with a lot of people that are a little older, older than me, and I was like feeling out what their thoughts are, like if they had any memorable 30th birthday moments. And a lot of them are like, the the 30s are the best part of your life. That's when you really start making money and you can settle down. And I was like, yeah, making money. Okay. (laughs) Sure. How do you do that, mister? 
yeah, by the way, any tips or tricks on how to make money, please? <laughs> how did you make your first million, mister? <laughs> yes, that's what I was looking for. That was what I was looking. But overall, feeling good about it. I, uh, I This is the third time I've said this phrase, but told you this before the pod, that we're screening uh, the movie Alien on our good friend's rooftops, invited some close friends, do mm-hmm. a little outdoor screening, um, are, which I'm really excited about. Are you, a, are you an alien head? I've never seen Alien, dude. You've never Isn't seen Alien. Crazy? You're a horror movie guy, right? I don't know how. It's one of those movies where I'm just like, I just missed it. Never saw Alien. Never saw Aliens. I have seen. <laughs> I did see don't the Alien Covenant. And <laughs> oh, okay, okay. And I thought you were gonna say I saw. Do you see Alien vs Predator? No, I've only seen Prometheus and Alien Covenant, but I've okay, never okay. seen. I've never seen Alien or Aliens, and I don't know how. But are you a big That's Alien wild. fan? Is that why this happened? Yeah, so I think Alien was a move was one of the first rated R movies I ever watched as a kid. It was like I went over to my my middle school friend's house and he was able to kind of like on DVD show movies in his in his uh in his either living room or bedroom that we were not allowed to watch otherwise and we watched Alien. Um and I went into it scared because I'm a scared I am a scared boy now, was a scared boy then. Um and found it to be more like sci-fi thrillery than horror. Uh, maybe that was cuz it was 30 years after it was made, but um so it is, yeah, so it I, is one of your I favorite do movies. I do okay. And is yes, it, yes. do you think it's more of a um nostalgia thing because of because of you seeing it at a young age or do you think it's That's a good genuinely question. holds up and you actually like it? And also second question, I hear Please. that Aliens is better than Alien. Do you d- disagree hmm. on this? So they're two entirely different movies. I'll answer your second question first and the next question afterwards. Um Aliens is a James Cameron action movie. It's like a whole different style of thing. It does not rely on suspense at all. It's like very in-your-face 80s action movie kind of thing. Um, and uh, the 70s one, the late 70s one, was is much more like suspenseful. It's just like practical effects and really cool set design. And like it just feels claustrophobic and, and like does a lot of things really well that, are, that I appreciate. Um, so, yeah, I think that's why I go back to it. I, I watched it for during quarantine during like the first few months of quarantine i rewatched it and was just like oh this rules this is this is really great this holds up so that's that's kind of why i was like ooh, kind of like a public viewing of a movie i've never seen on a big screen would be fun that's fun that's cute how many people are you inviting did you have to are there some people you didn't want to invite so yeah let me let me broadcast that over uh yeah. let me record let me names. On, uh, I want gossip on the record yeah, who I don't want. Um, no, I invited pretty much all of my good friends. The only the only ones that I struggled with were work people. Um, there's a couple sure. people at work that I would consider myself closer with than others. But also, there's some people that I'm that I'm closer with at work that if I invited them, it would just get out that there was a thing, and then like you know, ten coworkers show up, and that's not necessarily what I was the vibe that I was going for. So, um, so yeah, I kept it pretty intimate. I'll say probably around like fifteen people. I'd I'd say probably going to show up on on uh, tomorrow. Very good. I, I like once you break the seal of inviting coworkers out or hanging with coworkers, it's a slippery slope because you never know if you guys can talk about not work. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry. I think my, my thing just jumped down for a second. My I was bragging about Wi-Fi on the podcast. And then, of course, within the last week, my Wi-Fi has just been acting up mega, mega acting up, Brandon. Um but yeah, I think I, I think I remember what you were or heard enough of what you were asking to to kind of answer the question that, uh, yes, I do think that there are some people that I, you were asking about my how close I was to some coworkers or what was rephrase. I was saying I was saying it's it's scary to it's scary to to bring the coworkers outside of the work environment because you don't know if yes. you guys can function in a purely social environment that isn't work social. Yes. And you don't know yes. if you guys can talk about things that aren't work centric. 
No, that makes that that's that's a great question. I there are a handful of coworkers that I've already hung out with outside of work and solely social situations. Like a few people have come out to Miranda's comedy shows um, and then like went out afterwards when we hang out later. Um, so there have been instances where we've done social interaction outside of the workplace. And it's I'd say 20 percent work talk, which is a good sign. You want 20 percent work talk with coworkers outside of work. You're doing good. You know what I mean? Like the threshold's probably 50. Sure. You rely on the work stuff a lot for the social situation. But if you can get past that, I feel like you're good to go. About my birthday, Brandon. What's been going on with you, dude? How was your weekend? I know that there was uh, some illnesses, perspectively, that might have been preventing you from doing stuff. But you're not in Los Angeles right now, I can tell from the, from the not, Zoom I'm call not, we're on. The I'm, not in, I'm not in Los Angeles. I am in Nashville. Um but uh, before I get into, I'm in Nashville visiting the folks. But before I get into that, I was at a Mets Dodgers game since we oh, last that's spoke. Right. Yes, yes, it was yes, a while yes. ago now. But I caught the Mets had dropped the first two games against the Dodgers, uh, and I caught the Saturday night game, uh, and it was not a good matchup. It was David Peterson versus Walker <laughs> okay. Bueller, and I was like, I'm yeah, already pissed because okay. if you remember, I saw Trevor Williams pitch in Colorado and get his ass kicked. So I was like, I'm gonna see it again. Um, God, not fair. Not fair. But yeah, the Mets played really well. Pete Alonso was on fire. He hit, hit two homers. The Mets won 9-4. to four. It was an absolute delight. And I got to see the very controversial, kind of weird, funny thing happen in person of Dave Roberts trying to bring in a position player, Zach McKinstry, to pitch in oh, the ninth inning okay. after being down 9-4. to four. But then there was a kerfluffle, and, and, the, and the umps were talking to the... the Dodgers infield, and then Buck Showalter came out, and we were like, "What happened? Did was there a national tragedy that we don't know about?" Like oh, it was, God. it seemed like that. Oh, it was just because no. it was quiet for two. It was well, it wasn't quiet, but there was like a good fifteen minutes where nothing was happening, and then mm-hmm. they just played some like uh, some dance song on, on okay. the Dodger Stadium. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't some remember what music? it was. It, it was like "I'm Blue" or something like that. You know? <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, let's um, get the audience pumping. I'm dating myself there with that reference, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I was like, what happened? But then I had to find out on Twitter. So it was cool to like be at a game and then find out what was happening by looking at Twitter. But yeah, the Mets got the W, um, was not harassed by Dodgers fans, but okay, they, that's good. the Dodger fans have a reputation. I've never really had an issue. It's been all playful. Like when I have spoken yeah. with them, Yeah. but when I was leaving with my two friends that I went with, um, there was two guys that walked by and they go, Mets fan. And I'm like, what do you, I was like, oh, I was like, uh, they, they didn't see me, but I heard them. So I looked at them and then they were walking away mm-hmm. from me as I'm walking towards my car. And the other guy goes, where? And he's, and he's like behind me, behind us. And, uh, they turn around and I go, hi. And they just <laughs> ignore me. So they were like, I don't know what the deal was. I don't know if they're trying to kick my ass or something, but I just went Hi. And uh, you, you came off too friendly. They had no interest in fighting a friendly guy. No, no. They're like, I thought Mets fans were fucking brutal, man. But no, <laughs> I thought they were all Coke Bros. Remember yeah, the Coke not Bros. The I Coke saw bros. At the Mets game last not year. The Coke yeah, bros. not the Coke Bros. I had a I had a similar situation in L.A. Uh, the most harassed I've been as a Marlins fan at any stadium was is City Field, is Mets Stadium. But that makes sense. Interdivision rivals. That makes sense. Um, but in Dodger Stadium, the Marlins weirdly won, and it was in what 2018. So we were really bad. We were not good. Um, and we somehow pulled off a victory. Uh, I, I really don't remember anything about the game. It was Miranda, one of Miranda and I's, uh, first dates in LA. Um, and it was, uh, it was only on the train ride back or the bus ride to the train. Cause we took public transportation, public transportation for the first time, um, in LA. And they, there was just a couple, you know, like remarks here and there. There was nothing like 
insidious, nothing evil. There was nobody, you know, like trying to kick my ass or anything. But <laughs> nothing yeah, outside insidious. Of that, <laughs> I know I used that word, and I was like, this, "It's was funny." There be a, a spell cast on me. <laughs> <laughs> Dodger fans notoriously casting spells on their opponents. Fans. <laughs> a lot of witches in the Dodger, Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers. A stadium, lot of but, them. Um, well, yeah, good dude. I'm glad the Marlins are coming into town. Not this weekend, but next weekend. So that'll be my first Marlins games of the year, and I'm really wow, excited. Wow, that is exciting. I'm yeah. excited to hear the review of that. Got to get some good ballpark food. Did did you uh, did you get any good ballpark food? Okay, so I went. So Dodger dogs are not good. You know, it's, famously, it has famously, famously not yes. good. But they had something on the menu that was Brooklyn hot dog, oh? and I was like, okay. They said all beef. Okay. I was like, maybe it's gonna be a legit hot dog, not some weird cayenne rubbery pork skin yeah. shit. <laughs> Long, but I yeah, got it, and it. it sucked. Still, <laughs> it's not good. But the key, the key is though. Uh, I did get ice cream in a helmet, which is oh, that's classic. notoriously good everywhere. There was a big line yeah. for it. I went to the California Pizza Kitchen. They had their own there in a helmet. You no smart line. man. So if you're going you to Dodger Stadium, man. that's that's the the tip. Was but, it uh, but was yeah. it was it CPK themed? Did they have like a uh, pizzas on the helmet or anything? Nope, it was just straight up. A, it was you could either be a blue Dodger helmet or pink Dodger helmet, and that's it. And and you went for the blue. I went for okay. the blue Dodger right. helmet. You the need classic, classic blue. One. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not Mother's on, Day. It's not. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. It's not May anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Shutting it down. Uh, but big big NL East week though, my friend. In general, dude. Big NL East week. Were... Yes, I'll bring it in. One last story. Wait, okay. I'm, I'm not done anecdotes yes, with the, the last week. I went and saw Bon Iver in concert at like a, a refurbished oh, tennis you... or tennis stadium. Wait, at the at the one in Queens? That tennis? The... Yeah, the Forest Hills one. Yeah, we went on a yeah, yeah, last Friday Hills. night and it was a blast. It was so much fun. That's cool. Because you saw him at, so at, a, at a, the Hollywood Bowl when you were in L.A., right? I did, yes. Two iconic venues I've seen him at now. At The, the Hollywood, uh, Hollywood Bowl one was weird, though, because... He played an entire album that had that was unreleased up until that point. So he played like nine to ten songs that nobody had ever heard of before and did no encore and then left. <laughs> so for Weird. me, who's a big fan of his, that was really awesome. It was still like a you know, it still sounded like him, so I, I appreciated it and like had a lot Weird. of fun. Um, but there were definitely some people that went there to hear Skinny Love and did not have that itch scratched and were pissed. They were not stoked. <laughs> um, did he do the Skinny show- Love? He did not play Skinny Love at this show either, no. But he played all the other hits. He played every every song I would have wanted to hear him play. Nice. Um, we laughed. We cried, Brandon. It was a good time. Uh, but the venue was really sick. The venue was really sick. And Fleet Foxes is coming in August. So I was thinking about going. Oh, there. I was about to say. I was like, I've, I've never got into Bunny Bear, but I was a big Fleet Foxes guy. Dude, what's a, what's a better excuse for a trip to uh, to New York City in the middle of August than they go in <laughs> to see Fleet, Fleet Foxes, Foxes at a, ref- Are, you're, <laughs> at a Wait, you got a ticket already? You're going? No, not yet. I found the Boney Bear tickets dropped in price as it got closer to the actual show. So I'm thinking that'll mm. hold off a little bit. Um, and I mean, you could probably get in the door for like 40 bucks for, you know, that's not too bad. You're you're 30 now. You're a businessman. You got to. That's true. This is when I'm making all of my money, dude. So yes, you're making all my, your money. So chance. splurge. Get those tickets early. It's, so splurge. So splurge. But Brandon, the only thing we're going to splurge on right now is a little NL East talk. We got to talk the streaking Braves. Won seven straight after sweeping the A's. The Phillies also streaking with seven straight wins. What's going on in the division, Brandon? Marlins win the first two so far against the Nationals. Then we got our classic segments. We got the Feast or Famine, DeGrom of the Week, Feast Fan Questions, Upcoming Schedule, and maybe Feature Future Fans. But first, Brandon, before we get to that, I think this is maybe the sixth week in a row we're leading off with your Mets. 
but they've had a rough series loss in San Diego. Got the piss kicked out of them last night. I think 13 to 2 or 3 was the final last to night. Two, yeah. Right? yeah. So uh, what's going on in Mets land? It's, it's a, the, the West Coast trip is not treating you well. Yeah, they're doing okay. I mean, they lost the first two to the Dodgers, and, and all, all the Mets fans were like big trouble. But then I went to my game on Saturday, 9 to 4. They squeaked out an impressive win on Sunday, 5 to 4. San Diego, the first game, Eduardo Escobar, Escobar hits for the cycle. The Mets score 11 runs. They're looking pretty good. Wow. They're sitting pretty. That's good. Um, last two games, the wheels have fallen off. Mets have got <laughs> Mets uh, <laughs> got shut out in game two. I think they lost seven to nothing. Um, and then in game three, they, uh, they scored two runs. And I think Jeff McNeil accounted for uh, most of the hits in those last two games at and I think the rest of the Jeff team keeps it coming, hits. dude. Jeff so. is not slowing down anytime soon. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, that's good because they're going to need it because wow. in game two, Pika hit in the hand. It looked very scary. Did you see this? I, I didn't see the hit, but I, I knew that both him and Starling Marte were like risking going on the IR. There was talks yes. of them going on the IR. So far, so good. Pete, no fractures, no broken bones. Thank God, because that, that would have that would have buried the Mets. I thought. I don't think you can lose him. The Mets don't have yeah. a team like the Phillies, where everyone hits forty home runs. So, no, absolutely. So, um, and then you know, Marte, he's a speed guy, and he had some issue with his quad, but the MRIs came back clean for both of them, so that's good. But yeah, Game Three was okay, really like the one. Game Three was the spooky one, and I say that because. Chris Bassett has not pitched well recently since since Scherzer went yeah, down. Yeah, what's up with him? Um, I know like his uh, his last five. Yeah, yeah. I think his last five starts have been abysmal, right? Yes, his last five starts. I, th- I have a stat later because um, hint he might be on one of our negative the negative parts to one of our uh, <laughs> okay, right. segments. But our uh, show? but yes, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I won't step so, yeah, on so, any toes here. <laughs> yes, yeah, so don't get ahead of yourself, buddy. But uh, but yeah, he gave up seven runs yesterday. Um, he said this has never happened to him in his career, um, and that he's embarrassed that he's he's having the bullpen guys clean up after him. But yeah, he my man's got to step up, dude. Because like I mean, Scherzer's yeah. probably coming back in two three weeks. Degrom hopefully around then too. But it's like the Mets got to like Carrasco's done w- well, uh, Taiwan's done well, McGill's coming back tomorrow. Bassett though, man, he should be he should be the number one historically. For, you think so? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was the A's number one, technically. So, yeah, it's a little worrisome, and I don't know if it has something to do with it's James. It's a little, Mc- definitely. James McCann, you know, since he went down with an injury, um, he's been he's looked a little shaky since then, so I wonder if that's maybe, you know, maybe he's not as comfortable with the Mets' uh, two, two, ca- two backup catchers. Oh, that makes sense. Nitto, yeah, but, that makes sense. But, yeah, a little worried. The Mets still have a tough schedule, um, you know, through the end of June, playing playing the uh, the Angels, Brewers, uh, Astros, the Marlins are no no slouch. So so yeah, I mean a little I'm a little worried, especially with the the resurgence of the Braves and Phillies. But the Mets just need to tread water till Max and and Jake get back. You know, yeah, that seems to be the case. Also, going against the Angels right now seems to be the dream, dude. They've lost 14 yes. games in a row, I think. <laughs> so I also I, I definitely did a lot of the talk of the Mets will inevitably regress to the mean, but I didn't think that part of that would be injuries. I was assuming that it would have been performance related, but like losing the heavy hitters, losing the starting pitching, like this does all equate to a, to a rough start. You know what I mean? Like or a rough middle of the season. I don't know. Where are we like 40% of the season? What's the, yeah, I think it's 40. Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, we knew this was going to happen. Injuries is not the way that you want it to happen. Like, as we've said a thousand times on this podcast, injuries are not something we root for, but, um, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. I'm I'm still incredibly confident 
that the Mets will not only win the division, but make it into the playoffs and pretty far. Like you have, you have the ability to do that and you've shown it so far. Um, but this is a weird, this is yeah. like a worrisome, I, I think worrisome this, place this, to be. This is the stretch right here where it's, you know, if, if Bastic continues to pitch this way, if, uh, you know, McGill doesn't come back to form from his injury, it's like, that's when I'm it's getting a little hairy playing, playing some of these teams. I know, like you said, the angels have lost a shitload of games, but they're not going to keep losing. They're going to, you know, they're going to turn it around at some they're point. They're going to win eventually. Yeah. You just hope it's not against the Mets. So yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm. I'm cautious because of, you know, as we've learned as Mets fans that, you know, it could all go away in an instance, in an instance, yes, absolutely. in an instance, in an instant. <laughs> it's in a hard instant. word to say, Brandon. That's a tricky one. In an instant. But uh, in an instant, it could all go away. That's what I learned as a Mets fan. And it kind of but... has. It kind of has. Yeah. I, I I would just assume that you have a rough 10 days and you're you're back to normal soon, right? That's where your head is, has, head is at. Yeah, I mean, let's not hope ten days. Let's not get crazy here, my man. Hopefully, they can turn around against the Angels this uh, <laughs> this weekend. No, you know, but, ten uh, days. Ten days seems good. Just give it ten days. It's you fine. know, give them a good zero and ten, and then they'll win the rest of the games. All right, Brandon. But enough about the Mets. We always talk Mets on this podcast. We need to talk about the other teams too. The Braves are streaking, dude. The division is picking up a little steam, and I kind of like it. The Braves have won seven in a row. Swept the A's, you know, not the most formidable opponent, but a, an opponent nonetheless. Um, and yeah, dude, they're 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 rolling right now. They're rolling right now, and I think this is what we kind of expected from the Braves: was a little bit of a resurgence. You know, a, a cold start is not something that they're unfamiliar with, especially on the the heels of last year when they had the cold start going into the the World Series run, obviously, and then the inevitable championship. But um, yeah, man, are you are you starting to take the Braves as serious contenders? Where's your head at? Yeah, I think the Braves were always a team that you and I both were like, "Oh, this is they're gonna turn it on at some point." Yes. and it was it got to it got it went a little longer than we thought. We're like, maybe yeah. not. Maybe they do have the World Series hangover. It's mm-hmm. real, but I think, in my opinion, I think the turning point for them, aside from Acuna uh, coming back, was the addition of Michael Harris, the rookie. Dude, phenom. this guy's been have good. Follow yeah, him at all? he's had some crazy defensive yeah. plays and has also been offensively on fire initially. Yeah, did you see Andrew Jones was in the the audience of a game, and he was like, wow, "No way, really?" To play, did you see that? Yeah, yeah. I saw yet. Yeah. So you know, I that's saw he had an insane center field catch, and I was just like, "Oh, the Braves fans have to be loving mm-hmm. this." This is great too, with with uh, Acuna yeah. coming in and off of injury, and like still offensively being there, but yeah. obviously defensively still uh, still has a couple, uh, a couple because weeks. the Braves' defense in the outfield early on was atrocious. Yeah. They had a uh, uh, what's that? Arcia, I think, was playing Arcia, in the outfield a Ozuna bit. Ozuna and left. Yeah. Oof. And Adam Duvall in center, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, that sounds right. That's and Duvall a, is I mean, a du- Duvall is fine. Duvall's but, a better yes. defender than you you would imagine he is, but he's still obviously yes. not like a good arm, right? Yeah, good arm can cover some ground. I think played a little center field last year for the Marlins, not a lot, maybe like one or two games, but definitely was out there. Um, but can cover some ground, but obviously nowhere near the the range that this Michael Harris guy has. And like, it makes you wonder if they knew they had this level of defender in the minors, especially in the center field position. That might be one of the reasons why they were willing to give away Christian Pache in the uh, the Matt Olson. Sure, deal, you know what I mean. Like if they and someone with a be- with a better bat. I mean, too. a noticeably better bat. Yeah, like I think Pache. Yeah, I love him. He's a he's a sweet boy by all accounts. Uh, uh, helped me with my first viral tweet of all time. But he uh, he also is one of the worst offensive baseball players in the in the starters right now. Like of the starting yes. uh, MLB yes. players, he's definitely one of the worst offensive guys. Um, which is a bummer because he seems like a great dude, is a phenomenal defender. Um, very rangy, very speedy, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the Braves fans feel happy about the trade so far. Um, Olsen's been great for them. 
And uh, and a, I know, kind of. I, I bet the A's fans right now were going, "Why the hell didn't we get Michael Harris?" And, and <laughs> right. You know, I mean, the, the six fuck? A's. We couldn't pull Did that you see off? the A's fan? Uh, the A's team had a, a woman play the saw for the national anthem the other day. No, that's cool. <laughs> they're like, they're like, like we're doing everything. A, she, <laughs> we're we're doing whatever we can to bring people out. Yeah, she like had a saw in her lap that she bent and would like contort it to get the right tone and played the national anthem. It sounded like the. Like the 50s, 60s alien movies, like the, you know what Aliens? I'm talking about? I'm not going to be able to replicate alien. it. Alien. Like, <laughs> not Alien, not Alien the movie, no, not bringing that back up, but like the spooky 50s uh, sure, like, alien noises, you know what I'm talking about? Like that? Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. It sounded like that, but if they were playing the National That's Anthem, cool. Very, I have to see very that. Weird, very strange. <laughs> they're like, they're, they're yeah, starting to do like that. the, uh, what the A's did to get attendance back in the day. They're like, we're going to have crazy uniforms and uh, everyone's going to have a mustache. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> How much longer till Pache's got the yes, handlebar Yes, the Raleigh mustache, fingers. Like, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like the Raleigh finger stash. It's only a matter, matter of time, but um, yeah, man, I mean, this, this is, like I said, drawing back on what I said initially is kind of what we did expect from the Braves. We knew that there was a little bit of a World Series hangover, but we didn't think it was going to last for the entire season. And these guys have uh, have turned it around. I uh, I follow enough Braves people on the timeline that I I know that they seem to are have already bought back in on the the idea of them being uh, a competitive team, and they should. I think if they're not in the wild card right now, they're knocking on the door. Right? They're probably in it since we last recorded. I know there were just a few games. Yeah, I mean, I think time, the right? Marlins are like five back of a wild card spot right now. So Fisher ba- five hey, games baby, back, and the Braves are in it. <laughs> yeah, we're gunning for it, my friend. I think we were five and a half games back before this game. But the Phillies and Braves won't stop winning, dude. It's I know it's very, See, but they're different because the Braves are beating up on bad teams. Not that it's any you know valued any less. They're doing their job. They should be yes. beating up on bad teams. But you For know sure. they beat up on on the Rockies, who are you know they're okay, they're not great though. They're fine. The Rockies and then the A's, and now they're beating up on the Pirates as we record. Not really beating up, but winning three to one um, as we record this podcast tonight. So assuming they win that, it's like they're doing their job. And then they play the Nationals after the Pirates, so it's like they can easily and, go on a stretch of what this would be their eighth win. So they can easily do twelve wins out the door out after this, and and. Which Huge. would be insane. A 12-game win streak, that's that's the opposite yeah, of the that's Angels. That's what you want. You want the opposite <laughs> they're, of the Angels. That's the goal. Around, yeah. Yeah. The anti-Joe Madden is what you want to do. Did you see Tony La Russa today intentionally walking Trey Turner with two I strikes? did see that. And What was that about? Oh, my God. I don't know. And then Max Muncy hits a home run, and then he goes, fuck yeah. you, walking. <laughs> you fuck you, hey, walking <laughs> Trey walk Turner. I'm walking here. Me, I'll show that's you. what he does. Uh, yeah, he really, yeah, he somehow became a Brooklyn yes. Dodger in that moment. I don't know what happened. Um, yeah, that was really wild. We got to get these dinosaurs out of baseball, dude. I know we've talked about this a little bit already. Well, we hold about up. Little, we got some the, good uh, dinosaurs in the NL East. Buck Showalter, good dinosaur. Okay. Brian Snicker, good dinosaur. Dusty Baker, Astros, good dinosaur. That's a good, okay. We have some good dinosaurs. All right. I'll, you think Snicker's a dinosaur? How old Snicker? Oh, dude, Snicker's old. He's probably older than, Sh- you think he's, I think he's older than Showalter or he just looks like it at least. Snicker. I, I do agree that he looks like it, but is he so you think actually he's like that 50, old? But question. he, but he's no. I mean, he. I could see him being like no. He's oh, he's he's yeah, he's sixty six. Wow, I can't believe he's in his seventies. So he's, I think he's the same age. Yeah, I think he looks Buck older is, than that. Sixty six too. Really? I thought Buck would have been no, older. I think he's sixty six. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I guess baseball really gets to you, dude. I guess yeah. it really ages. It, it will. It does, dude. It <laughs> ages you watching it, but. uh that's true, yeah. Especially yeah, if you're a Marlins or Mets fan yeah. in previous years, <laughs> or Phillies fan. Last people 10 years. said, I 
That's what I'm saying. They were like, Sam, you're turning 30. I thought you were going to be 65. And I said, no, that's just watching the Marlins, Dolphins, and Magic. Hey, baby. take my wife, please. That'll do it to you. Hey. <laughs> I had to get my little Rodney Dangerfield joke in there. Hey, for that's you, a Henny Youngman joke, my man. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Pardon me. Easy. I didn't realize we had a comedy connoisseur on our well, hands. Well, we talked about watching Goodfellas. Remember Goodfellas? You're a Goodfellas True. fan, yes, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, I, you I remember, remember Goodfellas. Because yes. <laughs> you're old. You're old. You heard, you, about you heard about Goodfellas? <laughs> you guys seen this? <laughs> You guys, she's she's seen this Henry but Henny Youngman does that joke uh, in in Goodfellas. Okay, I'm not I'm not drawing on that specific memory, but that uh that makes sense to me. Yeah, now, so I, I believe you. <laughs> anyway, I believe yeah. So um, the Braves playing good. Michael Harris, good. They're beating the Pirates now. Good. Phillies, they're, yes. They're beating some kind of good teams on their winning winning streak. I know the Angels. We know we've already said it, but on paper, yes. not bad. They beat up on they want they won a Same. game against the Giants. They fired Joe Girardi after last week. What did we say in the podcast last yeah, Thursday? I know. You... I know we literally were talking about it. I forgot to I forgot we didn't open with that. But yeah, again, a, a perfectly timed NLE's move happening literal hours after we record the podcast. I woke up to a text from Brandon that morning that was like, they can Joe Girardi. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, of course, this episode is already just uh incredibly dated, even though we recorded eight hours ago. <laughs> But Brandon, I think the the most interesting part about the Phillies is they're letting the young guys go a little bit. I know. We have Stott coming in, hitting for clutch. Maniac's getting some starts out there. I'm sure Phillies fans are liking to see the uh, the quality happening. Finally, get the young guys in, see what they can do. I know Rob Thompson uh, has done an absolutely fantastic job. Uh, I mean, that was a big complaint that the Phillies fans had with Girardi putting no Duvall's mm-hmm. bag of bones out there, um, not giving yes. Stott a fair try. But uh, no one's blossomed more. The Michael Harris of the Phillies, Bryson Stott, incredible. Yes. Have you seen this? He's been hit, yeah. he's been hit, he hit the he's been hitting bombs left and right. Uh, he's hitting dingers left and right, dude. He's hitting dingers. He, he's hitting dingers. He's getting in on the Phillies Homer magic. But yeah, I think the the uh, poster the poster children of uh, of this Phillies win streak is the Bryce Harper grand slam against the Angels to tie it when they were down six two, and then the Bryson Stott two-run homer to walk it off in the 10th, I think. Uh, yes. That's sort of... It's yes. the Phillies' MO, hit homers, and them coming back. It's like, you know, very exciting for for the Phillies fans. And Bryce Harper also offered an amazing uh, fist pump after he hit that grand slam. Yeah, he, he when he scored and he got home, yeah, that was great. After the post-grand yes, slam fist pump. so good. What's your... If you hit a grand slam in that situation, what's your what's your celebration? Um, I think I would do... I think I, you got to go to the dugout. You got to get your boys hyped. So I think you got to get the boys involved. I think you got to do and then do a stand up, do it two arms in the air, flipping in the air. Yeah. Get everyone riled, the fans and and the boys, you know? Not enough, not enough go, like pimping the crowd up a little bit in my opinion. I feel like uh in basketball they're always like standing on the scorer's table, getting their hands in the air trying to get the crowd rolling. But in baseball there's not as much interaction. I mean there's obviously the get out of the dugout, tip the cap to the yes. fans kind of thing. But outside of that there's not a lot of like direct fan interaction which i feel like would be really cool. not a lot uh sometimes you'll you'll see people do the ear thing where they go i don't hear you now you know if you're in an away ballpark after they boo you and hit homer you know what i'm talking about to the fans they do a hand to the ear what's up they do like a hand to, to the ear sort of thing after someone hits a home run in oh their yes, ballpark yes. And they're like, don't hear you now sort of thing yes no the, i like the shit talk embrace of the fans that's fun if you want to be a little bit, uh, if you want to get a little feisty on the mic, you know, play heel, turn heel. That's turn heel. Um, but I think my celebration would be, what about a, nobody does a handstand over home plate, you, dude. Why can don't you do a handstand? handstand? You're 30 now. 
I that's a great question. Last time I tried, I was 28 and I could do one. So I'm assuming really? my body hasn't degraded that much. Okay. Yeah. I mean, or what's what's the not the handstand, but the 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 side a, one. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, like a cartwheel. Cartwheel. You can do a cartwheel. Yes. Were you? I can a, definitely do a cartwheel. Were you a gymnast child? I wasn't a gymnast child, but I did win most flexible in the fourth grade presidential fitness test, Brandon. So uh, don't what brag, the fuck but... is that? What do you mean? <laughs> you didn't have that in Florida? No. Where did you have? This? There was what like they would about? every they would every year make you do like these weird like run a mile or how many pull ups and push ups can you do? And they would like they would you know grade you and then give you awards based on it. And I won most flexible of my entire fourth grade class. But Brandon, as a Mets fan, I mean, the question is, we got two wildly hot teams right now in the NL East. Who are you more scared of, the Phillies or the Braves? I have an answer, but I'm curious as to what you I have think, I think it's Braves long term. It has to be. I mean, the World Series champs. Yes, I agree. Their pitching yeah. impresses me more, despite Aaron Nola kind of having a monster, somewhat of a monster year. I think I think he leads uh, the league in strikeouts. So, so yeah, that he's quietly right. having like a really great year. But I do think the combo of of Freed, Morton, Anderson, um, and then if Soroka comes back, you never know. He can, you know if he's back to form, so that could be a huge plus for them. And I don't know. I really like what Acuna's played great despite that horrible injury. So, and the addition of Michael yeah. Harris is is amazing. So, I think I, I think I agree with you. Also, like the Phillies, uh, Phillies, the Phillies bullpen is is notoriously implosive yes. and it's only a matter of time until that happens on a bigger stage. They've seemed to be okay recently. They're holding their own recently, but it's inevitable that they will, they will retract back to the mean, uh, which means for the Phillies giving up six runs in the final three innings of every game. Yes. So um, yeah, if I were, if I were a Mets fan, I would definitely be more scared of the Braves because their bats are great. If they're starting pitching is healthy, it's above average. Um, and then, yeah, Soroka, I mean, Soroka pitched last in 2020. Yes, he's had a, it's been a while. It's a Strasbourg level uh, mm-hmm. absence. Yes, yeah. Strasbourgian so we'll absence. S- Strasbourgian absence. So I-, I would say yes. If I'm a if I'm a Mets fan, I'm definitely more afraid of the Braves. But um, the Braves are. I checked uh, a half a game out of the wild card, uh, and the Phillies are two games, and the Marlins whoa, are five. Whoa, whoa, games. Wow. Okay. Hey, we got a division. Last week we're like we we're have like, this a division, division sucks, but you know what? There's uh, there's a little spice. There's some, some there's spice a little here. fight in them. There's a little fight in them. I know we're we've talked about this a thousand times, but our podcast being entirely divisional focused means that all of our eggs are in one basket. Yes. <laughs> this division is bad. Yeah, we're last bad, year we Brandon. didn't experience the fear of the one NL East team getting eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Yes, so we actually were able to yeah. follow an NL East team the whole playoffs. Um, we'll mm. see this year, but maybe we'll have a couple in the playoffs. We could have two, maybe, maybe three. three, Brandon. I mean, when the Phillies don't make the playoffs and the Marlins barely scoot in, oh, Ooh. what a great feeling that'll be. Yeah, they get that last wild card. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Speaking of the Marlins, dude, they've been playing well. They've been playing well. The young guys are starting to kick it back into motion. We had a Jesus Sanchez bomb here Thursday night on the ninth um, to kind of put the nail in the coffin. I mean, okay, I'm, I'm speaking a little bit out of turn. It's the eighth inning right now. But, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm confident in that. Jazz is... Really not slowed down, and I did anticipate some sort of regression. He uh, he came out incredibly hot in April and May, um, and I thought that there was, I guess towards the, the, the latter half of May, he slowed down a little bit. But, I mean, just today, two for three, I think, with a, with a stolen base and two runs. Like, the man is doing it. The man's doing it, um, and it's good to see. I mean, probably an all-star. Do you, would you put Jazz on your all-star ballot for second base? So I actually did my ballot, and we should we should talk about this. We should maybe release ours on on, on the Twitter page. Ooh, um, okay. 
I don't think he was my second baseman, but I think I was biased because I think I put Mr. McNeil. But Chat Jazz was my other. It was between I those think, two. I think Tommy Edmond right now, the Cardinals Tommy second Edmund baseman, is the favorite as well because he's he's been he's, really yes. great offensively and defensively. Um, but the thing is, the players don't vote in the uh, the players only vote in the pitchers. They don't vote in the positional players. Yes. So like. Jazz on the major scale, on the national scale, on the MLB scale, is one of the most popular players in baseball. So I could easily see him getting in. Um, I mean, Garrett Cooper has the third best batting average in all. Crazy, of the right? right? I now, know, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, what, what was the? What, we don't talk about who. Where's the Gary Cooper type? Oh, What's it, the meme that you made? Oh, from Sopran and, and yeah. <laughs> in the Sopranos, uh, Tony goes. It goes. What happened to Gary Cooper? What happened to Gary Cooper? But we change so it to our... what happened to Garrett Cooper. <laughs> And it's good. That's good content as far as I'm good concerned, content. Brandon. That's funny stuff. Um, so, yeah. And then Sandy, I could totally see Sandy starting for the National League. I mean, there's obviously a, fun, like a phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, he's first in inning pitch, third in strikeouts. I think first in opponent batting average. He's second in ERA, third in ERA, somewhere around there. Awesome. He's like, My man's not throwing balls, and he's going nine innings. 80% what? strike rate, dude. Isn't that insane? That's unheard of. I mean, he's like an old school pitcher like ballsy pitcher it's well, very cool i know we'll get to him later but he's eating up innings which is just a, a great he's already has like 88 innings on the on the season 89 innings on the season mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm I, i'm enjoying this marlins resurgence knock on wood let's hope that they're able to turn it around and, and sweep the nationals we've i think we're seven and one against the nationals this season so that's nice yeah to be i think really... their last series victories against the nationals and this one was was there yeah. the, the one after that the one after uh, that did you hear about the marlins meeting dude I was going to ask you about that. What was that about? That was so weird. And also, it was, what was strange was everyone's different opinion on it. Because I saw our boy, whatever happened to Garrett Koopa. Yeah, he had a little bit He said, say. he was like, he thought it was unnecessary. But Miguel Rojas thought it was necessary. So what do you possibly think? And what have you heard ear to the ground in ear Marlins to the ground. land? Well, sources what say, happens? Brandon, and my sources are uh, Peter Pratt's podcast, Locked on Marlins. Uh, Craig sure. Mish came on today mm-hmm. oh, uh, okay. and, and was talking about the, the, the meeting. And it sounded like there was enough gossip and bad talk between Marlins players in the locker room that they, that Don thought that it was necessary to bring the boys together and talk about it. And the conversation went on for an hour and a half. And uh, again, I my source is somebody who's got sources. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. This is very much a game of telephone right now. Sure. Um, but it sounds like there were some players that were not as happy with uh, a couple more of the, the showboaty youngsters on the Marlins. Um, and it kind of seems reading between the lines and pulling everybody's uh, quotes out of uh, the context that they were given in that Miguel Rojas might have an issue with Jazz Chisholm. And that's where a lot of like the the not camaraderie. What's the opposite of camaraderie? That's where the tension uh, tension, tension comes yeah. from. Um, wow. And yeah, I, I, it, it feels weird. Cause then jazz immediately tweeted after the, after the incident or after the meeting, he went back on and was like AirPods jazz and put in AirPods in, like he was putting the noise out, listening to music or doing whatever he's doing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's and, some, that's some hot drum because also like Miguel's obviously the leader and jazz is clearly the most talented player on the Marlins. So it's I like, know. and he's the future of the Marlins. So it's almost like, and Miguel's not played that great. So he's it's like a, left a little bit of desire for sure. I mean, defensively, he's phenomenal. He's still yeah. a really great defensive shortstop. But like, I think he's hitting like two thirty, maybe two twenty five right now. Like he's, you know, he's he's not the above to average offensive player that we relied on him last year when he was a phenomenal defender. Still, um, and Jazz is obviously, you know, I think fourth in the NL in homers and second or third in stolen bases. Like living up to the reputation that everybody thought he could have. 
Um, and yeah, it's kind of a weird space because because I assumed that this was going to be the nail in the coffin of the Marlins season, and then they came out and knock on wood swept the Nationals. So like, yeah, the the day the day of the meeting, Jazz hit a grand slam. Right? Yeah, and then we had like a twelve run game. Like the Marlins were back on top. It seemed uh, back on top, but you know what I mean. Like turning the tides. The the bad sure. May had turned into a good June. Um, and yeah, it's weird. I really don't know how to look at it. Uh, it makes me a little anxious, frankly. You never like to hear that there's locker room turmoil. 40% of the way through the season when there's yeah, so especially much between them. Cause it's like, it's almost like if it was John birdie or yeah. something and you'd be like, all right, dude, get off. the team. Yeah. You it's, know? Like, I mean, it's, it's like that Rays thing. You heard about the Rays ripping off the, the LGBTQ patches on their jerseys. Yes. Oh, that's horrible. But it was, I mean, awful, but it was like a bunch of dudes you'd never heard of. And then Nick Anderson, who you kind of yes. know. So it was yeah, like, okay. that's exactly my, <laughs> what, how I felt. When yeah. I so it's it, yeah. like, all right, I don't care about any of these schmucks, but yeah. when it's like the veterans of the team confronting, like the young stars. I mean, like, yeah. like best case scenario for us is jazz signs, like a monster contract and stays around for a long time. Um, yeah. So that, that leaves a little, that leaves a little worry in the heart, Brandon, especially Miggy. Who's a guy that I've been incredibly supportive of this entire time. Like he seems like he's got a really level headed attitude to everything and is a good, like steady locker room presence. And then you hear that there could be any sort of uh, tension between him and one of our star players. You don't, you don't love to see that. Yeah. And here's the thing. Do you, I mean, is Miguel Rojas going to be there when the Marlins win the next championship? I don't know, because I think the answer is no, to be honest with you. Well, it's going to be this year, so the answer is going to be yes. But uh, well, <laughs> outside Jazz of that... Chisholm's Chisholm going to kick his ass before Jazz, the playoffs, yeah, He's so. going to punch him right after the, yeah. the Game 7. Um, that's a good question. I guess I've kind of always had the idea in the back of my head that Miguel Rojas will be around the Marlins in a way that Udonis Haslam's been around for the Heat, and I don't know if that's a reference you necessarily get, but like... An old dude that even if he's playing three minutes a game, or in this case, like one every one a game every week, sure. like that his uh, his value is not through his performance, but through like the mentorship and the veteran yeah. leadership and all that stuff. Um, but then you hear this, and you think about the young dudes that are on the Marlins: the Jesus Sanchez, the Jazz Chisholm's, the Brian De La Cruz's, like the the, the guys that are up and coming. Um, and it kind of makes you wonder. I know Sandy came out and had a, had a comment directly to Craig that was something along the lines of that sometimes players don't get along and that there's going to be tension and it happened when he was on the Cardinals and a minor league uh, minor league team um, but yeah man I mean it doesn't make me feel great if I'm going to be honest the yeah the... I mean I guess if it makes you feel better this happens and that was the whole thing when when Jeff McNeil and Lindor oh, got into their, yeah, rat their little fight rat raccoon that was the whole thing afterwards when it came out that they actually did fight and like Lindor choked Neil out or whatever they were like oh this happens in in major league yes uh, on major league teams like this happens this is a normal thing that guys don't get along it makes sense you have a bunch of athletes a bunch of men testosterone fueled hyper competitive yes. yeah absolutely it makes sense so it makes sense yeah. um but I mean, hey, you got to hope that it makes them better. And then, you know, McNeil and, and Lindor seem to be buddies now. So I think that I think winning will heal all wounds. Like the best oh, way to does. bring everybody together is to win, go on yep. like a five to 10 game win streak. And then listen, nobody's going to be complaining about the locker room. Um, I I have some uh, some Marlins trivia for you. You brought some. You Mets got Marlins trivia for me. OK. Yeah, all right. Are you excited? Yes, I, I'm excited. I just okay. saw this on the rundown. I'm, I'm, I pulled I'm I pulled some that are like kind of insane okay uh, well, there's like one surprising thing in each thing okay all right anyway all right. okay can you give me because you asked me for this last week the top five marlins players in war okay so sandy and pablo uh sandy's not the number one player in, in war for the marlins oh sorry i should have clarified uh top five in offensive war oh sorry. offensive war okay i was like sandy's not number yeah, one sorry. okay so jazz number one one point nine 
Cooper 3, 1.1. Solaire? Or actually, no, tied for second, Cooper 1.1. Okay, Solaire? Solaire's fourth, 0.9. Is Brian De La Cruz on there? Nope. Offensive work. Uh, Aguilar? Nope. Really? Yep. It's We've not, already talked. We already talked about one of them. It's the not Wendell. Wendell and Brian Anderson have missed too much time, right? Nope. Yep. Okay. Um, we've talked about one of them already today. Yes. Tied it's with Cooper at one point one. Offensive, exclusively offensive. Off- Birdie is it? John Birdie. John Birdie's on there. He's number five at okay. point nine. T- or, or tied <laughs> with Solaire. Isn't it's that crazy? A- that one kind of blew me away. But there's one more that's tied for second with Cooper at one point one. Okay, so we've said we've said. Oh, we talked about him. We've we talked about him today. It's yes. not Miguel Rojas. Yes, it is. It is really. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. I was like, "There's no way it's him." Yeah. So it's Jazz one point nine, Miggy and Cooper one point one, Solaire and Birdie point nine. Is this position player war? Where like defensive position wars? player? Okay. So like, you think his defense is taking into account part of the the war statistic? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So can you read it in chronological order? Uh, jazz, and jazz, <laughs> okay. Miggy, Cooper, Solaire, and Birdie. Damn, it's weird too because yeah. like Solaire was not somebody that everybody was stoked on for the first month of the season. He came out really yeah. cold, and and like yeah. Marlins fans were shitting all over the two signings of Garcia and Solaire. Um, damn, that's yeah. wild. So okay. kind of surprising. Okay, this one's kind of my favorite though. So okay. ERA, ERA plus. So I did a pitchers one. And I did a. Is this top five one. as well? No, just top three because uh, there's just a big there's a big difference between them. Yeah, and so there's else, Sandy so. and Pablo. Yes. Uh, Sandy's first. Obviously, Pablo's three. Sandy's 255. Pablo's 189. Who's in between 189 and So ERA plus doesn't take into account innings pitched, I imagine, right? No. So exactly. would Lazardo be on there? No, no Lazardo. So it's a relief pitcher? Yes. Anthony Bass. Yes. Yes. Bass. Okay. All right. 195. I mean, great job. He's weirdly been our best reliever when he's not in the ninth inning. And this, like the setup role for him is great. That seventh and eighth inning, he's doing wonderful. Um, but damn, that's wild. Because Anthony Bass uh, has is as active on Twitter as any baseball player is. You know, like he's definitely in the 90th mm-hmm. percentile of active on Twitter. So sure. he's susceptible to a lot of a lot of hate speech on Marlon's Twitter if he has a bad showing. Um, and he also met up with Loud Marlins fan, dude. Have I talked to you about this? No, I didn't Yeah, know this. they met up for like a pregame hangout, like dinner and drinks kind of thing. Isn't that wild? That's wild. That's us. We're yeah. going to be hanging out with That's Bass us. We're going to hang out with Anthony Bass. We're going to get Trevor May and Anthony Bass together. We're going to have ourselves <laughs> a hell of a Real. time. We are the relief pitchers of podcasting. That's true. That's very true. Listen, when you need us, maybe we'll be good. Who's to say? Chances are we're going to (laughs) blow it. Chances are we're going to blow it. Brandon, I think it's time we move on to our classic segments. The first one being Feast or Famine, which famously has a song that has never been recorded. But if it were to be recorded, it would sound like... Dun, 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 feast or famine. famine. All right, we did it, Brandon. I'm going to start with the feast because he's a Marlin, and you're going to start with a famine because he's a Met. Feast, Sandy Alcantara, another nine-inning start, six straight starts with seven-plus innings pitched, over five, five or more strikeouts, and one earned run or less. The fun part about this, Brandon, well, okay, so this, I don't know if you watched yesterday's game, but it was uh, 0-0 going into the top of the 10th, which means Sandy was not credited with a win yesterday, even though he threw nine shutout innings, which, is, which sounds like something straight out of like 2021 Marlins playbook where Sandy was throwing these gems and like maybe allowing one run in eight innings and the Marlins bats just could not score anything. Um, yeah. So at least we're winning these games. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 
how good does this contract look? Five years for fifty million dollars. Insane. And he's a scion candidate now and is not like close to hitting the age he also doesn't have that thing that happens a lot with young pitchers where you see one great season i'm looking at you trevor rogers and you're like oh i can project this guy to be good for the next five to ten years and then they come out in their sophomore year and it's a whole different story they struggle a little bit people have like there's tape on them they know what they're they know what they're gonna get Mm -hmm. sandy's now done this for three straight seasons he's been the home opener for three straight years and there's no indication that he's gonna slow down anymore and he's around for the long term which is really great i know there's been the pablo lopez trade rumors there's been like the the I mean, you're reading into it a little bit, but like when an arbitration hearing go like sides in the the team side, you wonder about how much animosity that causes. Um, but Sandy is just a perennial Marlins ace. I one of the top five best Marlins pitchers of all time. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we did. If you remember, we did the all time we did that's players, right. and Sandy was in there. And then, and I think no one's benefited. From Jacob Degrom's absence in the National League more than <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm serious because no, you're it's like, right. Oh, he's the best pitcher in the National League. They now, also probably. they also throw similar style. Like they're also hundred plus pitchers with yes. a lot of movement that can eat innings that have like a breaking ball in the upper or like the low nineties, which is obviously very quick for yes. uh, for a breaking ball. I mean, uh, did you see Edward Cabrera had like a ninety six mile an hour changeup the other day? I did see that. that yeah. Means, oh my god! Yeah, we didn't even talk about him. Yeah. I know. I know. Well, I'm a. I'm worried in the the same way I'm a little worried about Trevor Rogers, where it's like, all right, sure. let's see, let's see you do it for longer. Let's than see it long term, yeah, chief. Let's yeah. see 18 months of this before. We um, go. our famine's another pitcher. We already talked about him. Chris Bassett, 7.62 ERA in his last five starts. My man has fallen off a cliff. Yes, and he seems very lost right now. And God, the Mets need him to hold on just for a couple <laughs> no, weeks. Just a couple more weeks, buddy. But, I mean, if he can just uh, – his first seven starts, I think he w- had a two-point-something ERA. Yes. It's like, our man – my man was looking good for a bit, but something's happened to either James McCann's absence or the feeling the pressure of DeGrom and Max not being there. I don't know what it is. I mean, he's a gamer, and he's a tough guy, but something's off right now. It seems like he's healthy, so we'll see what happens. I but, think something uh, you touched on there, though, that you alluded to during our – semi uh debauched uh Mets first segment just because of internet sure. issues yes yeah. but the the absence of a starting consistent catcher i think does have yeah. more of a of a an effect on starting pitchers than you would think like i think Stallings has caught every single one of Sandy's um Sandy's games so far this season mm-hmm. and that makes a big difference it's also one of the reasons why i wanted to see uh Stallings catch some of the Trevor Rogers stuff and he did today and Trevor i think had four earned runs over five innings something like that not great but um, but yeah, Marlins just officially won, by the way. Um, so I'm, I, I think that that probably plays a little bit into it. Also though, like he came in assuming he'd be the third best starting pitcher on the Mets and now has like the, the ace role. And I wonder if that's kind of, yeah. kind of affecting him, affecting him a little bit. Yeah, probably. I mean, he doesn't seem like, he seems like a tough guy. Um, but have you seen the video by the way? Um, our friend Jolly Olive keeps sharing it. There's a video when he was on. I think the Pitching Ninja podcast. Where okay. He, uh, he, when he was the one he was on the A's, and he said something where he goes, uh, "I'm going to be eating your ass." <laughs> like he said that, but he meant it like, "Oh, I'm going to be like chewing you I'm out or kicking something." Kicking your ass or something. You, kicking your ass. <laughs> he said, I'm going to be eating your I'm, ass. I'm going to be eating your ass, and it's very funny. But uh, <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, he has been eating ass. He's wow, been, good to know. Chris Bassett's a salad tosser, Brandon. He is. <laughs> that's his nickname. <laughs> hey, that's what he's been throwing recently. What are you throwing? Salad hey, money. That's yeah. That's a semi uh, usable nickname for a pitcher, whether or not they like I it is a so. different question. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. So I, I mean. Bassett's going to turn it around. You got to assume he does, but um, yeah. but Brandon, it's time for my favorite boy, 
and our favorite segment, DeGrom of the Week. You ruined it. You said it was your favorite boy. We know who it is, then. We know who it is. Tell us who it is, Brandon. It's Jazz Chisholm. It's Jazz Chisholm. After that weird meeting that maybe Miguel Rojas hates him, according to Sam. <laughs> no, so no, Sam said. No, don't uh, quote me on that. <laughs> he had a grand slam and uh, and two, a two-run homer, right, in one game. Yes. Uh, always fun. Does a little Euro step. Uh, he bah, had, did some bah. other celebrations around the... Uh, Around the, uh, he's trying out some new ones now. He's hitting so many home he's runs that he has the out. opportunity to, to test a couple uh, yeah. alternatives out, and it's going well. Playing great, exciting, um, some fun in Marlins land. They'll see if they can continue it post-Nationals. Well, listen, today I told you he, he bunted for two signals, singles against Strasburg and stole second base. Fun. Scored two runs. We love it. We love it. He also almost did that thing he did uh, a week or two ago where he was on second and there was an infield single and he almost scored on it, um, mm-hmm. but he held up. He held up for for better, frankly, um, and and did, ended up scoring in that inning, anyways. But was uh was fun to see that he's always ready to go. He is. He's 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 a man of he's the man of the field. He's a man of the people. Do you think he's a Marlin in five years? He should be. He should be. It's I mean, an, let, you know, it's an inco- let, it's an incompetent front office if they don't, right? I think so. Yeah, because you need you got Sandy as your pitching face. You mm-hmm. get him as your offensive. Face everyone else can move. You can get rid of Cooper. You can get rid of Aguilar. Yeah. So Lair, you can trade. Obviously, El Garcia let that contract run out, baby. Yeah. But he should please. still be. He should still be on the team. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I can't even think of another Marlin that's currently, I guess, Miguel Rojas, so he can be your your motivational coach <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But but yeah, no, I think uh, I think so. I, he has to be. It 100%. wasn't my. But the I think you're mistaking my question. I wasn't. Should he be on the Marlins in five? Will years? he? It's will he be on the Marlins in five years? Uh, I, I that's think, tough. I think it's a solid fifty fifty chance. I'm going to say he is because I think the Marlins, even though they maybe didn't make the best off uh, free agent or trade moves in the yeah. offseason, they still have a good future. I mean, because the pitching is ridiculous. And uh, yeah, I think so. Unless they totally shit the bed and they spawned this opportunity when they have all these great pitchers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if I'd he, say yes. If he doesn't sign this offseason, do you think he doesn't sign at all? Uh, I could see. I don't know who his agent is. I don't know if he's got a Boris type agent. I if think he has, he's the uh, Jay Z agency. Okay, Rock what, Nation. Uh, Rock Nation, yeah. Um, I mean, I could see them being like hold out because he would be obviously fantastic in one Rock of the Nation, big cities yeah. doing it. You know, you could see him on. Uh, oh, I'm not going to bring it up. Never uh, no, uh, him being signed to Rock Nation makes me immediately worried that he's going to a New York team. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Yeah. Not the Yankees, though. He wouldn't like the Yankees. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't right. let him do blue hair. But also, you have Lindor for ten years, three hundred million dollars. Where are you going to sign another shortstop to the same deal? Hey, we drop Cano. We'll that's see. True. I mean, <laughs> in I five years, true. we might drop Lindor. Money's so. not the thing you're scared of, right? Money's now. not, Money's the, not the thing you're scared of. All right, Brandon. Moving right along, we got feast fan questions. Quickly becoming my new favorite segment on the podcast. I don't know how you're feeling, but this is we get some wild and wacky yes. questions. People are crazy. Uh, people are crazy out there. Our first one comes from our consistent, constant. Uh, reoccurring question asker. We love him. Just Marlins asks, the Mets are getting injured. The Braves are surging. Predictions. Now, we touched on this a little bit at the top of the podcast, Brandon, but why don't we kind of reinforce our opinions now here with this question? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Mets still have a seven-game lead, and I don't think these are Mets teams of old. I think they'll be able to hold on if the pitching holds up these next couple weeks against tough teams. But uh, I don't know. I think we could have a little dogfight towards the end 
The Braves are going to be in it. The Braves are not going to be seven games back, I don't think, the whole season. I completely agree. If the Mets agree. do well, I think the Braves can still chip away a little bit. Um, and they play each other a bunch. I think the Mets and Braves have just played one series so far yeah. um, this season. So uh, they play a lot. So predictions, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the Mets hold on, but I think both these teams make the playoffs this year. I, I completely agree with you. I, I kind of want to turn a question that I asked you a few weeks ago on the pod around when I said the Nationals... Will they ever not be in last place for the rest of the season? Will the Mets ever not be in first place in the division for the rest of the season? Great question. Um, I'm leaning towards no. I think they will be in first for the rest of the season. They hold year. on? Yeah. Well, uh, get back to me in, in two weeks. I really think, <laughs> I, like, I want to see June finish out yeah. and the Mets are still in first with, like, at least a five-game lead. That's what I want to see. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it'll ever be, like, the, the what, what they have, like, a 9-12 to, to 12 game lead at one point. Uh yeah, I think last week it was yeah. like a twelve last game lead. When we recorded, the Mets were like ahead double of digits everyone. ahead. Yeah, double before the Phillies ahead. and Braves surge. Yeah. Um, so I guess my prediction is, Mets are going to stay on top for ninety percent of the regular season. Now is the final ten percent. Uh, the final ten percent of the season. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you evil? I I'm just telling you. I think that the Braves are gonna are gonna pick up heat and they're gonna be real competitors in the division. I for agree. The rest of the year. I think they'll have some some really really crazy. Uh, um series against each other because the Mets and Phillies are almost done. They have only have two more series left. I think they're done with them by August. That's so, insane. Yeah. That's insane. Um, and then they've Mets have kicked their ass. So um yeah, I think Mets and Braves are gonna have some really intense battles. Hey, we have another question. Uh the return at the return eighty four. Is that a wrestler? I like that. The I'm looking at their profile right now and they have a Tyree kill on the Dolphins as their profile okay. picture. So uh okay. big fan. But also a University of Miami header, Brandon. So you know you take what you can get. The U um, he says, is Sandy the best pitcher in the NL East, and where does Pablo rank? I kind of uh, jumped the gun a little bit because I said uh, Jacob deGrom being out. No, uh, I think this is a great question because I think to answer it, we have to take into account current injuries. Yeah. I think yeah, the question I mean, should be, is Sandy the best uh, pitcher currently in the NL East? And currently if that's the If that's the question, I think it's definitively yes. I don't think there's... I think definitively as well. I think there's a fair margin between first and second. And frankly, Pablo Lopez, Pablo Lopez could be second on that. He could easily be second. Yeah. I think it. I think you probably give the edge to Aaron Nola. I think top five is probably some combo. Sandy, yeah. number one. Zach Wheeler, Nola, Pablo, Max Freed, I think is probably top five yeah, in the East. Am Nola's I a little anyone? insane. His ERA I, is not great, but his whip is sub one. It's .884. Started 12 games... Wow. Has a 2.1 war. Strikeout leader, right? Strikeout leader with 85 strikeouts and 74 innings pitched. Um, I mean, he's almost two full games behind Sandy in innings pitched. So I guess if you want to see like eating up innings and a higher ERA. Um, but you're, a sub one whip is something you want. You'll take mm-hmm. any day. That's great. That's wow. great. Um, so I think there's a, there's, yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. I think one right now currently... Uh, any healthy NL East pitcher, I think Sandy's def- like definitively number one. I think so. If Degrom comes back, he's not going to look like tw- like summer twenty twenty one Degrom though, right? He's not going to look like spring summer twenty twenty one. Dude, like, I, who knows? He's a freak. I have no idea. That was he was online for no like clue. Bob Gibson level season. He was like approaching Dude. one of the best pitching seasons we've ever. You'd seen. You'd imagine he's going to be human 
but I don't know. I don't. He might come back and just everyone's gonna forget and be like, "Oh, this man is a absolute freak." Yeah, that's true. And he also. might mow everyone down and have a one ERA. No, that's a great point. The end of the year. Um, also, um, I love Degrom. We named a segment after Degrom. You won't hear me say a bad word about him. I, I love to beat yeah. up on the Mets, but Degrom's just such a fun, yeah, of course. electric pitcher that you. It doesn't matter who you are. So you we should, should revisit this question. Let's revisit it at uh, the end of August. Yes, give Degrom a month or so. Yes. Um. All right. Final question, Peter Pratt. If you don't know him. Lovely man, host of Locked On Marlins, a uh, good friend of the pod, good friend of ours. He asks, favorite after-dinner cocktail? He suggests a few on his own. Old-fashioned, Agroni, Manhattan. Uh, Brandon, I'll let you start this off because I know you're not a huge uh, post-dinner cocktail. Yeah, guy. I don't do a post-dinner cocktail. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know too much of that unless I'm going out to meeting some friends or mm-hmm. meeting someone at a bar. A bachelor party, um, if you will. A bachelor party or two. Um, but... I think, I mean, dude, you know what? I'm saying screw a cocktail drink. I'm going tiki drink, baby. Wow. Let's get a tiki drink. You want drink a Mai Tai? <laughs> yeah, why not, man? I don't care what, I never know what's in the tiki drinks. I like, I know it's rum, but it's like, give me the stupid, you want the rum, stupid pineapple Easter juice, Island grenadine. Yeah, you, Let me drink okay. out of that thing. That's fun. Put, That's put fun. a stupid umbrella in it. I like it. What about you? When you're here, we got to go to Zombie Hut. It's like my favorite tiki bar in Brooklyn. Oh, in. Um, and they serve in. like, they have like, punch bowl drinks with five straws and stuff like they have a bunch love of it. like kitschy yep. yeah fun stuff um i was leaning more so i love an old-fashioned i think an old-fashioned is my favorite of the classic cocktails um but to me that's not so much a post-dinner drink that's like a get your get your main course drink that's what you have um, yeah steak drink you yes a steak. steak drink when i, I went to steak. when i uh went to the famous steakhouse in new york city um that's what i got that's what i ordered with my steak was an old-fashioned um i think this may be a little controversial, but a spiked coffee after dinner, like a little Bailey's mm-hmm. and a little bit of whiskey and a coffee, I think is great. Also, just a regular sober coffee. Like I think like a, a nice um, sugary, creamy coffee drink after after a big oh, like at that. a diner. Yeah. Or just that. I mean, even at a fancy place, like in supplement for a uh, dessert or like in addition to a cheesecake or something like that. I think that like a, sure. a coffee beverage can be really good. Or an oh, espresso, yeah. I'm in for like that. that. Ooh, yeah. a nice Ita- at an Italian restaurant. Yes. Yes. We're, we're really narrowing this down. Peter's like, no, nah, just like, what's your favorite cocktail? And we're like, no, we want coffee and tiki drinks. Yeah, we're gonna do. Yeah, we're gonna be caffeinated and have, uh, and have a ton of sugar, scorching and sugar. Yeah. Um, I do like a, a Negroni though. Negronis are fun. Have you had a Negroni Ugh, before? Hate them. Really? Hate them. Too bitter. I for like you? old fashioned. Hate Negroni. Not enough sweet. Whoa. My friend makes it, uh, and I'm like, every time I come over, he's like, do you want one? I'm like, absolutely not, dude. No. <laughs> no. Every time you make it, I take two sips and leave it. Can on you your, make me a rum table. runner though? I'd love one of those. <laughs> I don't even know. What is that? Is that a real thing? Yeah, it's a, it's another one of the tiki drinks. Mm, okay. Or uh, a pina colada, Brandon. Never heard of it. Who that? <laughs> a beer? What's that? Never heard of it before. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, shit. What was the name of your beer? I wish I remembered. The Marlins Lager? No, the one you're drinking right now. Oh, a Narragansett? Narragansett. Mm, it says High Neighbor on the can, Brandon. Check that out. Oh, that's some High Neighbor. Oh, that's cute. That's some Northeast. You cute. see some bumper stickers around here with the High Neighbor on it. So. Oh, very good. Um, all right, Brandon. Those are our questions. Reach us on Twitter at NL Feast if you want to ask us questions. We tweet about it the day of the podcast every single week. And by we, I mean Brandon. Speaking of Brandon, you got to tell us the upcoming schedule. Why don't you give us a rundown on the games that we can look forward yeah, to this week the in the Mets NL Feast? are playing the horrid angels in Anaheim. <laughs> okay, yes. uh, and then they're headed back home after their West Coast trip to play the Brew Crew. Braves playing the Phillies. I think they're still winning uh, against, the, or not the Phillies, sorry, the Pirates at home, the other Pennsylvania team. And then they're going to Washington to play the Nats. Phillies playing the D-backs, our D-backs. Our D-backs. Show and, and squad at home. Then they're playing the Fish at home. 
Marlins after uh, after this national series. They're going to Houston to play the Astros, baby, and then going to Philadelphia to play the Phillies. So tough week for the for the fish. Uh, Nationals are playing the Brewers and Braves at home. Interesting, Brandon. What's the what's the series you're looking forward to the most? There's one that stands out to me. Only one. Yeah. Um, I think Mets Brewers is yeah, fun. Mets Angels is fun, but apparently Noah Syndergaard is not pitching it. Yeah, he said he a needs bummer. a little extra rest. Liar. Liar. Yeah, um, Phillies Phillies D backs is is good. Uh, Marlins Astros is fun too. Yeah, I like all those. I think uh, I don't want to watch any Marlins games this this week. I'm worried they're going to lose. <laughs> you got to be worried. Dude. Every game, they're yeah. Gonna, yeah, they're going to go on a six game losing streak here. Um, that Astros team is mean. I want nothing to do with them. The Phillies are scorching hot right now. Um, firing Joe Girardi and bringing in I don't know who, but he's looking good. Um, what do you What do you think happens first? The Angels win a game, or or the Phillies lose a game? Phillies or Braves lose a game? That's a great question. I guess. From an odds perspective, I would take Braves or Phillies lose a game before Angels win a game because there's two mm, teams. Okay. But I That's think true. what's most most likely, if we were to separate all three of them from each other, I think Angels win a game is probably more likely. Most likely, yeah. 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 Um, I think the series I'm looking forward to the most is that Mets-Brewer series. Um, what are the chances that both Pete and Starling Marte are back by the end of next week? Or beginning of next week, I guess. I always forget we're on the, the late week records now. It makes it seem like they're going to be back this weekend at some point. Okay. I don't know. You don't want to test it with Marte because he's a, he's a fast guy and he has that. You don't want to mess up a quad. No, no. You really but don't. But Pete, it seems like they're just waiting for the swelling to go down. The hand thing, right? He got hit right in the yeah. hand on, on you, yeah. Darvish. Um, but yeah. So it just was all swollen. He couldn't grip a bat. Are so you, I don't know. I mean, are you going to hate you, Darvish, now forever? I already do hate. Him. <laughs> okay, I what kinda, if I was like, nah, I've always hated. <laughs> I get weird about that. Where I'm like, if they, if somebody breaks a hand or fucks up a player who I well, like a lot, on my I kind of was. I mean, he also not to go on a tangent here, but he did hit three different Mets players in two innings. That's not, which is like, come on, dude. That's also you're like a professional. So far, I mean, yes, you're a professional, but like that's so far. That would be so intentional that I find it unbelievable that he did it on purpose. Yeah, especially it's him. It's not like it's like some rookie kid who like yeah. throws a hundred has no control. He knows know? what he's it's doing. Very weird. He's a precision yeah. pitcher. Um, but yeah, let's hope the Marlins can take one game each from the Astros and Phillies is kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, Brandon, no feature feature fans on this week's episode, but in light of that, instead, I'm going to tell you about an experience I had this week that we didn't talk about at the top of the podcast. Okay. I went and saw Top Gun Maverick on Tuesday. Sure. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. It was great. It was a real fun time. <laughs> is that it? That's my take. story yeah. happened. So, there's no okay. story. I mean, I went, it was a weird time. We went at 4.50 on a weekday, so I had to sneak out of work a little bit early. Uh, okay. Maybe it was Monday of this week. And went with a group of friends. It was one of those things where we showed up all separately, and were, it was like lights out, uh, trailers playing by the time we all showed up. Didn't talk to them. Didn't talk at all. And then left, and then didn't grab dinner or drinks, and just went home separately. So it was yeah. like... It was a good movie. Yeah, all right, hey, later, okay, man. Tom Cruise, yeah, looking good. Okay, all right, yeah. see you later. So there's like 10 minutes of total social interaction sure. outside of like the... Two and a half yeah, hour movie. Just your song. presence. Just, uh, you feel safe around the presence. Or of your maybe friends. like a little whisper during a trailer, like, that looks good. Yeah. That looks bad. Kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, That's Tom Cruise right there. That's it. Oh, hey, his, his hair looks really good right now. Um, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. I, I think I should have tempered my expectations only in the way that I should have gone into it knowing that it was going to be a take on like the 80s hokey blockbuster. Sure. Like they're just sure. going to lean into that a little bit. And they did. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of like kind of cheesy ish. Moments that was also playing into the tone of the previous movie, so it, mm-hmm. it was it made sense. Um, but practical effects, practical stunts, I'll go to any. I mean, we were talking about this with Alien. I'll go to any movie that does practical effects. Like, I don't want to see 
any shitty CGI in movies now. I'm, I'm so with over you. it. And Amen, also, brother. A blockbuster that's not a superhero. <laughs> like it's it. I will go to a summer blockbuster that's not Thor, Iron Man, or Spider Man. Yep. And be very content. Very content. Now, where do you fall on Jurassic Park? Good question, because it comes out tomorrow on my birthday. I know. I haven't seen any of the Chris Pratt ones. I haven't seen any of the Chris Pratt ones. I haven't either. So, but now I they're did, all back. All, all the original squad's back. That's true. Laura Dern's back. Uh, Joel, Jeff Goldblum, yes, Sam Neill. Yes. Um, I did see the trailer at the at the Top Gun movie, and there's uh, some interesting... Tra- it seems as though, and this is just context based on the trailer. Again, I've never seen any of these movies. That Chris Pratt has made friends with the Velociraptor, who now lives with him, and he sticks his hand out as a way of communicating. That's like their he, whenever whenever the dress or the, sure. the animals approaching, he sticks his hand out. Um, and the the dinosaur's baby gets stolen, and Chris Pratt is on a rescue mission for a baby dinosaur. And okay, you know that's a plot. That's a, <laughs> that's something. So here's how you fix Jurassic Park: you bring back Newman, bring back Newman, bring back Newman. Not enough Newman. He famously dies in the first one. Uh, well, bring him back, okay? <laughs> you know, we can do that. Newman. We can do this now. <laughs> you want him to CGI him like he actually died? C- <laughs> Irishman Newman's body. <laughs> um, all right, Brandon. That's our show. Tell the people where they can find you. Tell the people where they can reach out to you. Answer some of our stupid questions. All that jazz. You can follow me at Brando Grosso on Twitter. Where can they find you? Follow me at NL Feast Sam on Twitter. Follow the show at NL Feast on Twitter. Shoot us an email. We'll answer any questions as soon as we remember the password to the email. It's NLFeastPod at gmail.com. Leave us any five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read them on the show so long as they're not offensive and awful. Uh, check out my bl- my my bland my band Ugly Twin. Uh, shout me out for my thirtieth birthday to make me feel a little bit better about myself. Um, and I think that's it, Brandon. Anything else before we get out of here? Happy birthday! Thank Happy thirtieth birthday! Thank you. I love doing the podcast with you. I love you. You're a, you're no. a, a, a fantastic gentleman. No sincere I wish I could earnest celebrate moments, Brandon. No sincere uh, earnest moments. Okay, enjoy Alien tomorrow. <laughs> okay. That's all I got for you. I appreciate it. All right. Any last words before you get out of here? I love you. Happy birthday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.